0: Welcome to Turns Out She's Psychic, the podcast. Spiritual musings. Sometimes amusing. I'm Tracy. And I'm Laura. Hello, and welcome back to part two of Tracy's interview with Alan Tiller. He's truly fascinating with his paranormal background and his historical background his work as a historian it's all fascinating and it's great to be able to hear about more of his life and even advice he has for us little ghost hunters that are out there or even just the curious people like me I'm not gonna lie enjoy I've got so many questions because when you're talking about genealogy (laughs) um what is your what is your ancestry where where are you from
1: like what's your so on my dad's side i've traced us back to uh cornwall so Mm -hmm. we're mainly cornish there's lots of scottish and irish in there as well um on my mum's side we actually go back to germany um and there is a town i can't think of what the town's called but it's um where we're from there's a castle so her surname anglicized is plate but at some point it was a different name like is i can't remember the top of my head it's like a German word that I can't pronounce anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's um the city. There's a little city. Or it's not. It's a city. It's kind of medieval. There's a little castle there, um, and that's where mum's side of the family came from. So there's German. I believe there's Portuguese um, on her side. But, yeah, it's mainly German and mainly English. Um, there Do is a small ever- chance that we may have indigenous blood as well. Um, so, When the Tiller family came to South Australia, they came to a place um, down south of Adelaide and then they moved to a place called Malala, which is um, about 20 minutes from where I am. Um, And if you ever go to Malala, um, I actually volunteer there at the museum. um, There's tons of Tillers all around there. And there used to be a cricket match back in the late uh, 1800s, early 1900s, where there were two teams of, cricket players, and they were all tillers, both sides. (laughs) There's that many of them. Yeah, there was that many. And one whole um, team was Indigenous, and they were all Aboriginal people with the last name Tiller. And we don't know exactly where they fit into the timeline and where they fit in the family tree because we can't (laughs) find that one person. um, We think it would be a woman more so than a man Mm. um, because, you know, you can trace the men so much easier. And either someone had an affair or there's a wife that's not mentioned who maybe died in childbirth and then, you know. Or that, a
0: stolen generation situation. Or, yeah,
1: something like that. And then there's all this other branch of tillers. Um, so, unfortunately, at this stage, ancestry doesn't actually, um, in the DNA test, do Indigenous Australia. Oh,
0: I know. And, you know, I actually did mine mostly for that purpose, to find out some suspicions yeah. that I'm not the only one in my family that's had those suspicions. Um And when I got the, not the results, but when I got the test that arrived and it said we cannot test for Aboriginality, and I was like, God damn it, that's the whole reason why I got the test.
1: That comes down to that they haven't actually gone around and tested Indigenous people um, because you have to have, like, a sampling of basically... Well, DNA, but you need, like, a wide sampling and... If you think about the way the Indigenous communities set up in Australia, they're very broad. They're, you know, they're covered the whole country. Yeah. And then you have all the different um, mobs. So, you know, here you have Naranjari and Ghana and all these other mobs, and their DNA might not actually be exactly the same, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'd have to have a big collection of each one of them to kind of match it up to us now. Um. And, yeah, it becomes a bit harder in the long run to do that. Mm. Um, I, I have been told that Ancestry is starting to look at um, Indigenous Australians and Maoris and Samoans, the cool. so they are starting to build up um, basically like a DNA register to start measuring that kind of stuff as well. So that should mm-hmm. be good when that actually comes out.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, I find out I found out that I am. Um, like basically half Irish, half Scottish with a dash of Welsh and a dash of German. <laughs> and I was oh, like, wow. boring.
1: The other place that the Tillers are from is um, Sweden, so Vikings. Nordic. Um, and if you actually look up the name Tiller, it seems to originate in Sweden. Um, mm-hmm. And then they obviously, the Vikings invaded Scotland, Ireland and England, um, and that seems to be when we came into Cornwall, so
0: Wow, uh, talking, so you know.
1: cool! Yeah, it's interesting. It's very interesting. Do you
0: do you ever have um, an inclination to want to go to those places specifically oh, for your ancestors? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, a place called Fordingham Bridge seems yep. to be the epicenter, and that seems to be where the Vikings came through, um, the Tiller Vikings, and then spread out from there. Um, mm-hmm. So that's very high on my list. Um, and you know, I'd love to go to Finland just to experience Finland anyway. Um, you know half a year of darkness and half a year of light would be very interesting. I don't think I'd want to live like that though. But
0: I have a client, shout out to Isa. She is in Finland and they're literally just going in. I had a call with her. It was one o'clock my time and it was six o'clock her time. And she's like, it's pitch black right now. And I was like, really? <laughs> what time is it going to get dark? She said, well, it's going to start to get dark until about eight in the morning and it'll be dark by four. And I was like, whoa, oh, yeah. that's crazy. Um, my husband did his DNA. Um, and, yeah, he's Vikings as well, which was no surprise because he just
1: looks like right. a Viking. <laughs> and and Vic, the Vikings, um, people always think about history, about Rome. Rome took over, you know, such a huge part of Europe. But then the Vikings came after the Romans and they did more. They they actually travelled really far. They ended up in America, believe it or not. There is actually Viking DNA found in the USA in Indigenous America. Crazy. And that's how far they got, down to roanoke where the the, you know i don't know if you watch american horror story and that little american settlement no you haven't seen that show um it was a little american settlement that all the people disappeared they just vanished they don't know what happened to them um and it's a true story but when they were doing dna tests around there they actually found vikings um all the way over there and people didn't know they'd gotten that far yeah it's bizarre
0: wow that is so cool very, very cool. Well, I um, did watch documentary and I've never been able to find that documentary since. So I don't, I know I watched it and I know it was very real. I didn't dream it. But um, there was, uh, it was based on a certain witch hunt story um, where it was going back to the burning of the witches um, and the specific trail that they were following led it back to the very first witch that was burnt um, in that particular place has my maiden name. We share oh, the same okay. maiden name. And so when wow. I when I saw that, I was like I freaking knew it. I knew <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> um I'm actually studying uh history at university at the moment and two of my core subjects are all to do with witchcraft in medieval times. Um so, so i covered cool. all of your yeah, I covered um all Finland, Sweden, um Germany, England, got right into the hammer of the witches and all that stuff um So, yeah, I learned quite a lot about witchcraft. Um, And that's led me into a a thing called um, apatriatic marks, which is a technical term for protection against witches. So, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Pennsylvania Dutch in America. Yes. They have big barns and they they paint these big flower symbols on them. Mm -hmm. So, those flower symbols have a meaning. And generally, it's to keep things, evil things, out. Um, But what's really interesting is that there's a whole core group of people now who are uh, um, academics who are researching this so in English churches you will actually find apotreic marks scratched into the walls well, things out. and there's a gentleman here in Australia in Sydney who is actually investigating it in Tasmania um, and we have them all over the place in Australia so when I eventually get to the point where I'm going to be doing my thesis um, I'm planning on following on his work in Australia oh. um, looking into this kind of stuff um, yeah, it's it's very, so very cool. interesting. Very interesting. Um, things like um I've come across there's a town here called Wallaroo in South Australia, old Cornish mining town. And there's a story that I found on Trove, which is the National Library's website of all the old newspapers. And in this story, they were pulling down this house and in the chimney they found a boot. And the boot had an ox heart inside it and iron nails put through it.
0: Of course. And that's it did. an
1: appetite. Yeah, so it's an apotraitic mark. It is a mark of, of. It's more of an object actually, and yeah. they used to stick it in the chimney, and that was to stop negative energy coming through the chimney. Wow! So it has an explanation, so that's why they did it. Um, and same as um, people used to wear red ribbons to keep the witch away. Yeah, you know that that's an apotrait um object as well. So there's this whole, you know, thing that people don't even know about. Um, the Greek evil eye, the blue symbol, that's another one, and um, that's an ancient one. Um, yeah, so they're all over the place. Um, strange little things, like little burn marks, like done with a candle on the wood of um, your front door or over your window, you see little burn marks sometimes, and they are apatric marks to keep evil out of your house.
0: So when when you say evil, so the Pennsylvanian Dutch, are you saying that they believe that witches are evil?
1: Not so much witches are evil, because um, witches can be good or bad, as we know, but it's more so about negative energy um, so the negative which when, when you say yeah the <laughs> it's to keep bad it's keep bad bad energy out bad people bad energy they yeah. they say witches but you know it can mean anything really okay. you don't want negative stuff you don't want curses um a classic thing here in south australia there's a town called handorf which is a German and it had a good witch and a bad witch, Yellow Fox, and she lives in a house that had apotrohic objects in it. And she also found a boot in her chimney, just like the one in Wallaroo. And she found it by accident. And um, she she worked in a place called the Handorf Academy, which was it was still there. It's a school. It used to be a school. Now it's an art gallery. Um, and she always knew about the good and the bad witch, but she didn't know where the bad witch lived. And she was in there one day. Um and a gentleman named Hans Heisen, a very famous here artist, had drawn drawn all these pictures of houses in Harndorf, and she was just looking at them one day, and she took one off the wall and looked at the back, and it said the Black Witch's House, and it had the address. So she now knew where the, the, the Black Witch, Witch was. Yeah. Turns out she lived in the White Witch's House, and she still does today. She's in her, probably in her 80s by now. Um, she lives in the White Witch's House, So, and she has all the history. So I'm going to be talking to her very soon to... Um, Try and find out a bit more of that for my future thesis. So, oh yeah, my gosh, I'm getting
0: goosebumps. We have a <laughs> podcast, a sister podcast called "Turns Out She's She's a Witch," mm-hmm. that that I'm a co-host with. When you do that, will you come on and talk to yeah, us about sure, it? Yeah, oh sure. my god, yep. our listeners are gonna freak out and geek yep. out. Like that's so cool. I love that stuff because Shannon, my co-host, she um we we just did an episode a few months ago on um, the history of the burning of the witches. And um, I didn't actually know that um, I, in my life, I lived in Queensland in 2000, and oh, 2001, 2002. Mm-hmm. And I was only a couple of years shy of being illegal. Like it's against the law for someone who identifies as a psychic medium to, 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 exists. it's against the law okay. and it's like in 2000 like in what in my lifetime yeah. and so she took me through I can't even remember them now but she took me through I think even the northern territory I'm probably wrong but in the northern territory I don't think it actually was the law was actually abolished until like two years ago
1: well we have a law that still stands today that if someone gives a false reading you can report them to the police and they can go to jail for it So if you're you're a psychic and you give a false reading and you can't prove that your reading is true, you can still go to jail. Holy moly. Uh, I actually have a blog post about it called Trading in Sorrow and that's all about that. And that still stands. It hasn't been abolished.
0: Whoa. be careful if you come here. (laughs) Well, what's really interesting is that as a professional we have to have in our terms and conditions, which everyone has to agree to before they book, and you should have that mm-hmm. if you're a professional, you know what you're doing, um, in our terms and conditions we we are strongly advised by legal counsel to have in there that this is for entertainment purposes only.
1: Yep. And a which, lot of that applies to ghost hunting too.
0: Yeah. And it sucks, yeah. obviously, yeah. because, uh, like, basically you're calling me a complete fake if if you think that this is, but is just entertainment Yeah. It, and, but you know what it's not my point to prove and it's not my bone to pick because
1: no and it's really just legal jargon just to cover yourself really
0: it is correct absolutely so um very quickly do you have any tips for any apart from that equipment tip that you had do you have any other quips for any any tips for any <laughs> budding kind of up-and-coming investigators
1: um tips now there's different ways to investigate and some people like to go into places with no knowledge of the place um which is fine and that generally works for psychics not to go in knowing anything at all
0: i'm gonna say that's Um, that's kind of how i choose
1: yeah and a lot of people do it that way but my me personally i prefer to know everything i can know about the place um it helps verify things that i'm looking for and the problem that it creates those if you're not aware of your own bias, you will create your own narrative. You're seeing
0: what you want to see.
1: That's right. So even though I say to people, research what you can, you have to become very much aware of your own bias and what is and what is not paranormal. Mm -hmm. Um, Great point. And that can take a long time to work those things out, what you're biased about. And a lot of people don't want to do that because it's very confronting. Um, You know you don't necessarily want to know about your bad points and your bias can be a bad point. Um, Other things is know how your equipment works, obviously. Like I said before, do your research, make sure you know exactly how it works Um, because people don't realise just little tiny things. Like I quite often hear people say, I went to a cemetery at 3am and my camera turned off and then I walked back out the gates and my camera turned on. And I always say to them, you do realise at 3am temperature drops batteries actually stop to stop working as well in cold temperatures but what people do is the camera stops working because the batteries are too cold they then keep the camera in their hand warms the camera up they get back out the gate hit the on button again turns on because it's warmed back up
0: yeah so so many factors to consider to rule
1: out to debunk it there's so much stuff you have to rule out my biggest tip though is always put a camera on a tripod um If you're in a room, if you're not walking around a building, because a lot of people just walk around continuously, but if you're just in a room, just, you know, if you're doing it by yourself or with someone else, always have a camera in the corner looking back at you so you can see when you're making noises that you might not notice while you're sitting there. So Mm -hmm. um, I sometimes wear a big black coat and, you know, to keep me warm. But that coat as I move sometimes makes little noises that I don't necessarily hear with my ear because I'm not paying attention, but my camera will pick that movement up. And if I should also say, if you have a camera in the corner, also timestamp everything. So before you start, look at your watch. If anything has a counter on it, make all the counters the same so that you know that that's the exact time. If anything's happening while you're investigating, um, don't whisper, obviously. People often whisper in ghost hunts, don't ever whisper just talk, just be loud, be who you are, talk, because there's no
0: point in whispering. (laughs) It's
1: like, who are you
0: whispering for?
1: (laughs) And that may come up on someone else's voice recorder and they'll go, oh, something's whispering, but it was you. So just talk, but timestamp everything. So if you're sitting there and you're there for 10 minutes and 48 seconds and you hear a truck go past, say that was a truck going past, and you'll know that on the camera that at that time on your voice recorder is the same and you've said it out loud.
0: We heard the um, truck go past and we may have then also at some point, we might not have seen it, but there could be a light anomaly at that
1: point that we can right. and put to the truck. You've, you've now made a timestamp within your recording and you know that that's what that noise is. Yeah. Otherwise, if you don't do that, you might hear just the rumble and go wow what was that like that's amazing but it's just a truck going past
0: yeah um, and i so- find that that's one of those really it's a good way that if you're watching like i don't know if you would agree but whenever i watch some investigative shows um that are americanized um The the ones that I really appreciate is when they break up in teams and as the minute that they experience something that could be something, they immediately radio over to the, the team and just say, where are you? What are you doing? They eliminate every possibility before they even consider what it could have been. Yeah. And just completely debunk everything because, as an investigator, as an amateur invest—I'm a very much an amateur investigator because I'm a psychic medium, not a paranormal investigator. They're two very different things. Yeah. But as someone who likes to go and do those things, um, you're you're wanting to experience something, and so your excitement and the the kind of like, oh my god, this is what happened to me, and then and then all of yeah. a sudden, that's the story for the rest of your life.
1: Yep. Yeah, yep. um, I haven't seen it happen yet, and I don't quite know how you'd go about it. But I'd really love to see at some point in the future some kind of GPS system put on each individual investigator on a TV show. So I say, "Haunting Australia," for example. I have a GPS on me that's marking exactly where I am. Raylene has one. Ian has one. On the screen, you could have a map of, let's say, Adelaide Arcade, and you know exactly where we are at all times. Mm. The only problem with that is the GPS. I don't know if a signal would affect mm. the equipment. If it does, I mean, obviously you can't do it. But it'd be a fantastic way to rule out that you're not filming someone else from your own show or from your own investigation. You know, who've walked past the doorway and you've filmed yeah. it and gone, "Oh my god, I got a shadow." You look it's back on the GPS and go, "Oh no, that's rule out." Yeah, you know, way. But yeah. I just don't know. You know, there's probably someone with a bigger brain than me out there who could figure it out. Um, but it'd if be anyone's a cool listening. thing to see. Yeah, get out there and make that happen.
0: What What's your opinion on taking a psychic medium to an investigation?
1: Um, I'm not a big psychic person um, because it's not I don't have anything against anyone who's psychic or anything like that. I have worked with a lot of psychics. Unfortunately, I have worked with a lot of bad psychics who turned <laughs> out to be, to be not nice people in the end. Um, and I'm not talking about Raylene or Ian or anyone no. like that. No, Raylene's um, amazing,
0: sold of, the Yeah, other,
1: other psychics. Um, and unfortunately that's tainted me a little bit. Mm. Um, but I have no problems working with psychics. Sometimes psychics give really good, valid, um, not, it's not an opinion, is it? It's a valid insight? explanation. Yes, insight would be a good word. Um, you know, you can see things I can't see or you might hear things I can't hear. And then that validates what I'm getting on my equipment. Or um, on a couple of occasions, it's validated history that I've I know about that I haven't told anyone about. Um, even though I write books and I put a lot of history into the books, sometimes there's just one or two lines that I won't put in, so that I know about something that I've been told that I won't tell the psychic about, and they can't look it up. Yeah. Um. And you know, I did that on Haunting Australia. Um. And there was one one really specific thing that happened with Ian Lawman that never made the show. It happened with Ian and my wife. Um, in the North Capunda Hotel, Ian was in the basement and he was picking up on uh, a guy named Charlie and a little dog. And I knew nothing about this at all, um, but my wife did. And mm-hmm. she actually had to ring her, her boss because she used to work there years ago. So And she was still in touch with the person she worked with. Um, rang her, got the actual story, and Ian had got the whole thing correct, and there was absolutely no way he he could could have known. known. Not not a single, There was, you know, it's not written down anywhere. Um, It was from probably 10 to 12 years before Haunting Australia even filmed there, so, you know, there's absolutely no way. There's no rumours about this person. Um, Karen didn't even know some of the details that Ian was putting up, but it just never made the show. And, you know, that's a good psychic, someone who, something out that then got verified. It would have been fantastic to be in the show, being verified. But unfortunately, you know, shows have run times and editing and all that stuff. So they're yeah. just in, in.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, growing up, um, like, I was quite young when um, the show came out, The One. Do you remember that show? Uh, where yeah. They, I yeah. 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 And um, I, it was kind of at the time when I was really, um, really in hiding about who I was and what I could do, um, but it was so bizarre because a lot of the people that tried out for that show and as I would watch it, um, I would just know the ones that were just there for uh, they got no hope and then yeah. I would know the ones that were were legit and um, it, it kind of put more fear into me to be seen in this space because it, it it was like wh- why we are very judged. We're very judged, and you've got to have some serious gumption. And I see my thing is though that I don't I don't ever I don't look at it as to prove that what I'm saying is correct. I just want to let the place, the energy, and the spirits tell me what they're telling me, and I want to relay it and whatever it is, it is. My preference is to have no knowledge of a place before I go in. For an investigation, my preference is to get the address right before I go, like the least amount of time. But I also have the integrity where even if I got the address earlier, I'm not going to look. I don't want to know because for me, I want to perform at my best. I want to get the best out of the history of this place and I want to do it from a spiritual place, not a human place. And I, I, I sometimes watch some shows where they will do an investigation and then they'll have a psychic medium come in and have n- apparently no idea. They've been blindfolded. They don't know they're going to the location. If they do or not, I don't know. But some things, and some of the stories, like some of the shows that you watch, some of them get it so bang on that you're like, really? Did you know or yeah. not know? Like it's yeah. a little bit questionable. You're, you're questioning it, even for me. But... um Other times they get the psychic medium to go first and then they get the investigators to come in and the psychic medium will say, I've been here before or I only know the basic history of this place, but then they're able to get specific encounters with specific personalities of spirits that aren't really talked about in great degree. Like I know Parramatta Jail. But I Mm -hmm. don't know the spirits that lurk in there. What I know is that as a very, very young child, my maternal grandfather would show me photos of prisoners that either killed themselves or were murdered in their cells. And I am convinced those souls are waiting for me. Convinced. And I will, uh, they are burnt into my brain that I know when I see them that that is who that is. I don't know their names. I don't know why they were there. I don't even know what happened to them. And I don't want to know. It's like it's like the less I know, the better. Yeah. So I totally understand because I'm the same. I, ha- I have my sceptic mind when it comes to psychic mediums as well, and if I didn't experience it, I probably wouldn't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, no, no, no. I don't know. There's a lot of guessing going on there. In fact, my husband, we have a running joke that every day after I get home from work, he will say to me, did you do good guessing today? my god because i just it, you know you got to have a bit of humor about it
1: yeah but um going back to your your tip tips for people yeah. um something to think about for anyone who who wants to be a ghost hunter or be in the public eye as a psychic is to really think long and hard if you want to be associated with that particular terminology mm-hmm. because ghost hunter brings certain Certain type of people will always doubt you, will mm-hmm. always think you're crazy. Um, tinfoil hats. Yes, tinfoil <laughs> hat. And you really need to consider if you want that to be attached to your name forever. Mm-hmm. Um, other people think it's fantastic, but there's always, you know, it's like anything, there's people on one side of the fence and people on the other side of the fence, you know, mm-hmm. and you just have to consider that will it affect, you know, your family life, um, will it affect your work because, it can affect your work um people will always view you differently if you're you know a ghost hunter mm-hmm. um, because it has certain connotations to it and people have their own bias about what it means and what ghost hunters do um so yeah just that's just another little tip to consider that I love that before you start making it public that that's what you're doing
0: it's wonderful I called that stage coming out of the psychic closet because mm-hmm. um, I had to get to the point where the calling was greater than the than the voices silencing, and I kind of didn't yeah. have a choice. My story is quite a long story, but um, in the end, I had to I had to reach in and have just my internal compass of authenticity, and just be like, oh, I'm just going to be me, and whatever yeah. anyone has a problem with it, that's that's about them, not on me. I know who I am, and I know what I am, and I know how yep. I do it, and that's it. Um, but it is a big call, you know. Like when, when you hear sometimes the, of the smaller minds that are like, "You believe in ghosts? What? Are oh, you one of those tinfoil yep. hat people?" And it's like, yep. just because I believe in ghosts doesn't mean that I believe in every conspiracy theory known to man or aliens. No, that's and right. And just because that's I'm a psychic right. medium, it doesn't mean I'm a witch or believe in aliens or, or, or you know, all these different things. Yep. It's we're yep. kind of all lumped into the one big basket we are. aren't we it's crazy but yeah. but within our basket we have very individual experiences that's like, right yeah. i am not a paranormal investigator i am first and foremost a psychic medium who likes to go on investigations and experience it from a psychic medium perspective yep yeah 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 it's crazy it is a big bad world out there but i love that it's actually becoming a lot more because of the american shows as much as i love to hate them um be, it's becoming a lot more mainstream and that children are growing up teenagers are growing up with that's just being the
1: normal yep yeah it's definitely changed in the last probably ten years um it's definitely become more mainstream dark tourism which is all your ghost hunting has become i actually think it's the third most popular type of tourism in the world now yeah um yeah So, you know, it's definitely moved from where it was out of the shadows, becoming more into the mainstream at the moment. Yeah, definitely.
0: I just watched a Netflix special that's on at the moment, Uh, not a special, a series on, and it's something about, it's a vacation show where they go to all these different locations and they do a budget version, a middle version, an expensive version.
1: Is that the one where they went to the little UFO place?
0: Oh, yeah, and um, then the haunted house. And the
1: Bigfoot, yeah, and the foot house. Yeah. Yeah, so the same one, yeah.
0: yeah, and they talk about dark tourism and, and they yep. said that. They're like, it is like one of the top three searches right now on Google to go to for a vacation. And I was like, yes, yes, yep, it's becoming yep. more mainstream. I'm becoming normal. I never thought it would happen, <laughs> but I'm becoming normal. Yep. Um, one thing that I, like, we have definitely heard come from you today is your love of history. And I just, I have never thought about this before, but when I read up on your bio and your media kit and everything preparing for this interview, um, it said that you are the world's first paranormal historian in residence at a library, anywhere, really. And I was just like, oh, my God, let me bow to your feet. Like that (laughs) is incredible how can you tell me how that came about was it something that you had to sort of rally for or was it something that someone came no. to you and said hey we need this
1: like I said earlier things fall in my lap yeah um it's not something that I search for um I believe it came around because I released a book in 2014 and a librarian had come across it in where she used to work and then she started working in a place here called the city library which is in Adelaide Um. And a person had passed away, and they'd left um, a large amount of money to go to towards history residencies, and no one has really had really used that money for anything. And she thought, "Why don't we try something different? And let's get someone in to to talk about, you know, ghosts and hauntings in the city of Adelaide."
0: Oh my God, um, it's like an angel. And she
1: remembered my name, and she contacted me, and um, within about. Four weeks, I was in the City Library for about six months the first time. as the I was there every Wednesday, um, all day on a Wednesday, and people could come in and tell me their ghost story, and I would document it, and then I'd go and research it. Um, 40 of those stories ended up on the library catalogue. So if you're ever in South Australia or if you jump on what's called the One Card Network here, I think you'd be able to access it from interstate. You see 40 stories in the City of Adelaide that I've researched and put up. Um So yeah, I ended up doing it for three consecutive years for about 3 to 6 months each year. So I had to try and fit it in with my other work and with study and all that kind of stuff. Um and believe it or not, I actually work as a librarian now. At the point when I started doing that residency, I actually wasn't working. Um I'd actually had a back injury and I was trying to think of what should I do? And while I was sitting in the library, I thought I could be (laughs) a librarian. So cool. To um, TAFE and got trained as a librarian at residency and that environment. Uh, Second time and used the the ghost stories um, that I picked up. So it was supposed to be centred just on the city of Adelaide, which isn't a very big area, which is about... I believe it's about a 10 to 12-hour drive to Adelaide, and they drove all the way to Adelaide to see me once to give me some ghost stories. So I've kept those ghost, ghost, those ghost stories, and they'll eventually be used somewhere along the line. I've got their permission to do so. Um, so the second time around, I went back in and did it again, and this time I wrote five ghost tours for the City of Adelaide Council and for the library, and the public got to vote on which one they thought was the best, and that became the Adelaide Ghosts and Ghouls walking tour, which is a free tour. So it starts in the city library where I had my residency. Um, and it finishes in the North Adelaide library where I would share, I shared my residency between the two. So one week I'd be at the Adelaide one, the second week I'd be at North Adelaide. So different people could, you know, find time to come in and have a chat. Um, so yeah, the tour goes from one to the other, takes about two hours. I think there's 13 stops from memory. Um And, yeah, it's free and it's a downloadable tour. Um, So they actually got me back in and they got a sound recorder in and we recorded audio of me telling you the whole story and where to walk through the city and what to look out for and so people can download it and, you know, walk through Adelaide and I'm telling you, this is where you've got to go now, you know. So you walk through the Adelaide Arcade and then you walk along Grenfell Street and, yeah, and there's tonnes of stories. Um, And then that eventually led to me writing a new book, this one right here. Mm-hmm. Haunted Adelaide. Yep, that's the Adelaide Arcade right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so this actually has more stories than what I actually got from the residency. It's got seventy nine stories instead of forty. So I kept carried on that research. I just kept going after I finished my residency, um, and that became that book. Um, there's a few stories though that I couldn't put in the book because they're still actively being investigated by the police. So. Ooh.
0: The haunting itself,
1: I have a really good witness, Um, someone I trust in most of those cases. I trust them very much. I know that they're not going to lie to me. But what happened in the city and, um, yeah, I can't really explain it because
0: if I explain (laughs) it, it'll give
1: give away too much. But one of them is still very active. It's actually in the courts right now. Um, And so the victim is seen, felt, heard where what happened to them happened. Um, And this person worked there afterwards and saw exactly what had happened in person. This ghost did what, and multiple people working in this office block saw and felt what happened in a replay every anniversary of that event. Um, And they still are today. But because it's still in the courts at the moment, I can't talk about it. And the the family are alive. I don't want to, you know, cause them any more trouble or anything. Um, But, yeah, it's super interesting. Um, I can't wait to hear about
0: that one. That's just an excuse for another book.
1: Well, yeah, I've already, um, there's a couple of other places that I couldn't get the stories how I wanted them to be in that the history didn't quite match up. But I've now been back and investigated those places. Um, One of them is a theatre, and it's a very famous theatre in Adelaide. Um, And now I actually have first-hand experience of the the haunting in that theatre because I've actually been in there um, and talked to the owners and got all their stories so there will be a follow-up book I have enough stories now to do a haunted Adelaide part two but it'll be a long way off before it happens because I have a about six books on the go at the moment Um, I've got to finish (laughs) one of them before I publish that one so and you're at university and I'm at uni and I work and I've got a family and everything else so you know try and fit it in somewhere
0: yeah Um, Do you ever just have moments where you just have to pinch yourself?
1: All the time. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like I said, like Haunting Australia fell into my lap. I wasn't looking to do TV. I was almost going to quit paranormal and being in the public eye at that point. I'd had enough. Um, I was being bombarded by people who don't like me, as you do. Um, We're very easy to point
0: the finger at, very easy to hate.
1: Yeah, people, a lot of people don't like me. Fair enough, you don't have to like me. I'm not Why do
0: you think that is?
1: Um, Jealousy. A large part of it is jealousy, definitely is jealousy. Um, I kind of came out of nowhere and into locations that people thought that was their territory, Mm -hmm. and I was kind of of the opinion of no one has territory, and I still believe no one has territory.
0: Yeah.
1: No, we're all just people on this planet. You don't own any of these locations. You're not the new guy in town. No, oh, and you know people don't like up and coming people, of course. Um, especially when you make big waves in the way that I did, which wasn't, you know, wasn't my doing. You know, yeah, like I said, you I wasn't intentionally. No, 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 I wasn't it's doing you. Um, oh, I was just, you know, here's something. Do you want to do it? And I was like, oh, well, yeah, okay, I'll yeah. do it. And well. then obviously that caused waves, and people didn't like it, and yeah, you know, I'm well, still here. I'm still
0: opportunities happen for real. They they happen for real people, and they happen for people who aren't looking for it just as much as they happen for people who put themselves out there and say yes, me first. You know, it it's um especially in this industry because it is very energetically based. You know, this is it's just not just human going on here. There is no. stuff happening,
1: and things happen for a reason. Correct. And you don't always know what that reason is
0: until until later, much That's later, right.
1: years and years later. Um, for instance. Uh, I met Garav Tawari through the internet yep. um, and that was around 2009. He'd just had his first paranormal experiences. Um, he thought that I, at that point um, I was back in Adelaide, but he thought I was still up in Brisbane and he asked me to investigate a family member's haunting for him. And I'm like, I'm actually in Adelaide and that's 24-hour driving away. <laughs> it's a bit far, <laughs> but he didn't know. Um, and we got talking and, you know, he's the reason I did Haunting Australia and we become very good friends, and obviously he passed away. Um, but we—I recently was invited to write the introduction and part of a chapter of a book, um, which is right here, which is about his life, what an and it honor. honors it honors Garav's life, um, which was the point of the book. And you know that's leading to a whole heap of things happening in India at the moment with. Um, his team and people that have, you know, his, there's basically a cult coming up in India around his life and what he did over there because he was the first Indian paranormal investigator. It's crazy. Um, and, you know, this book, like I said, kind of came out of nowhere. I knew about it. I knew what they were up to, um, but I didn't expect that I would be invited to write anything. I don't have that expectation. Um, But they knew that I've been trying to keep his name out there and keep his memory alive alive um for my own reasons um and yeah like i said things just fall in my lap and that was another thing that fell in my lap and that book at the moment which really surprises me is the number one best-selling book in india on amazon at the moment um and it's in the top 10 world list as well which you know absolutely amazing that he still has that impact um to be people want to read about his life so hopefully that continues hopefully yeah. yeah,
0: and you know yeah. what? And it's places like this where you just share it and it spreads it to more people and it's just the way it works. you just got to keep yeah, sharing yeah. it.
1: And he's um, actually a great book. They did yeah. a really, really good job, yeah. I'm going to yeah, get went it. Through his, went through his case files and um, you're basically reliving a lot of what he went through. Yeah, it's very interesting.
0: Just for our listeners, we're going to put all of this in the show notes as well so you'll be able to find out all of Alan's books that he's t- spoken about in his tours <laughs> and the links to them as well will be included. Um, would If someone came to you and said, hey, Alan, do you want to do another TV show, would you?
1: I don't know. I don't know if I could give a yes or a no answer that easily. I would have to think about it long and hard, and it would very much depend on who else was in the show, who was producing the show, and exactly what they wanted from me. Yeah. Um, I learned some very valuable lessons through TV. I bet you did. Yes, very valuable. And I do try and help people who are looking to do that, um, looking to go down that path, because television is a whole different beast um, and it's not always pleasant and it's be a lot of hard work. careful what you wish for. Exactly, very mm-hmm. careful. Um, and, you know, I'm kind of glad in some ways that Haunting Australia, although it went all around the world, it's still not going. If it was going 10 years later, I don't know where I would be. Yeah. And... I'm not an egomaniac. I I don't like the spotlight that much. Um, you know, I always said um, I'd prefer the money than the fame. Fame <laughs> is not fun. <laughs> fame is not fun. Um, I have had stalkers. Um, yeah. We we had to leave Kapunda because of stalkers. Um, being the only tillers in the town, people found it's out where crazy. we were. Oh, yeah. We used to get phone calls at 3 a.m. We are in Kapunda. Can you come and investigate? And I'm like, I've got to go to work in three hours. Um, so, yeah, we kind of quietly moved on. Mm. Um, and, yeah, that's a whole other side of television that people don't even consider that, you know, people become obsessed. And we're in a field where it attracts people, some people with, you know, mental health issues and things like that. Yeah. And unfortunately, part part of that can be the dark side of what we do where yeah. those people become obsessed with us and those kind of things. Um, and, yeah, there's a lot of hate thrown around TV world as well. So it's not yeah. always what people Fame is not always what people think it is. No, it's it very difficult.
0: Good. Nah, it's, I mean, it's a lot.
1: It is. And, you know, I have never gotten used to walking down the street, even today, and people will come up and they know me. I know you from this show, and they think they know who you are and all that, yep. but they only know... The person that's presented on the show, mm-hmm. which is a very one dimensional person, you know, and that's, I've never gotten used to people recognizing me. It's still bizarre to me it's that crazy. people want to, you know, out of nowhere that like, oh, I've seen you on this show and I've read your books and I know yeah. this. and I you know who boycott. you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you don't know who you are, you know, and I used to run tours. So I'd run, you know, have 50, well, 30 people on a tour every Friday and Saturday night. So I've met probably thousands of people.
0: You don't and then TV
1: them. show, who knows? Oh, you, you can't remember everyone. No. You'd be the same. Psychics can't mm-hmm. remember everyone. No, I remember. remember
0: yeah, well, that's what I remember. I usually remember the spirit's energy that I'm connecting to before I remember the human. I remember the spirit. Yeah. I'm like, I've, be, I've connected to you before. Oh, I've actually worked for you before. But, I yeah. mean, I've not been on television to do what I do, and I'm not sure that I would want to at this point. But um, just even in my local area, Um, like I went and did a click and collect literally like a week ago with a mask on and wearing like I was basically wearing a tracksuit. It might have actually been pyjamas that I was trying to pull off as a tracksuit, but... I had no makeup, no hair, like just a hair pulled back in a pony, wearing my daggiest clothes, had my face mask on. And the lady asked me what name to click and collect. And I said my name. And this lady shot out from the front of the, the line that had already given the name that was waiting for the order to come up. And she's like, are you Tracy Dimick?" <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And she goes, hi. And I'm like, Thinking to myself, oh, do I know this person? Do I know this person? And they're just like, yep. oh, I listen to the podcast and I do this and I do that. And I'm like, oh, cool. And it's just such an yep. awkward yes. experience. Like, I'm just doing my click and collect on a Father's Day yep. Sunday. Oh, and I know that's the so feeling. Cool.
1: I, even, even to this day, I'll be walking through a shopping center and someone will call that Alan. And I don't think they're <laughs> talking to me. So I'm ignoring them because I'm just they're not talking to me. I don't recognize the voice. And then they come over and I'm like, oh, sorry, you were talking to me. Whoops. It's so <laughs> I mean, awkward. It's just weird. <laughs>
0: yeah. And we come across as the, as the, like, I I used to, I don't say much anymore, but I used to get so anxious, or not anxious is the wrong word, but I used to get very much in my head thinking about, oh, they must think that I'm the biggest snob, or they yeah. must think that I'm an absolute bitch. But it's just because I'm doing my everyday thing. And when someone smiles yep. and waves at you and you're like, yeah, I don't know you. And then you think, oh shit, they probably know me from this, or they've probably seen my face on the internet, yep. or they've probably seen yep. an ad or whatever. And then you just think, oh, they must just think that I am the rudest, most horriblest person in yep. the world. Yep.
1: It happens it's not to me all worth it. the time. Yeah. No, I, you know, someone's looking at you and I kind of they'll wave and I'm looking over my shoulder. Are they waving at me? Like yeah. And then you realise, oh, oh, crap. <laughs> and the
0: are. other thing, I don't know about you, but the other thing too is that I experience is that like in, in my job and in my role, I am very confident. But as a person by myself, and I, I'm actually an introvert. I am actually, I? yeah, I and I? most of us are. Um, most of yeah. us are very yeah. private and um, we're not going to be the first one to come up and say, hi, I'm Tracy." We're yeah. going to just kind of be the one that waits for everyone else to introduce because we're actually quite, I'm not shy, but I'm an introvert.
1: I, I will sit and wait for everyone else to talk, and I actually sit there and, and watch people. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's not that I'm being rude or I'm being arrogant. I learn about people just by watching how they interact with them. and I'll just stay there quiet, sitting in the corner, until I walk yeah. up to them and then I'll start <laughs> talking. But I'm yeah. very much introverted. And yeah. people always ask me, do you get nervous doing this, doing that? Yeah, I get really nervous, full on nervous. Yeah, you know, and it's once I start, I'm fine. It yeah. kind of like clicks. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, even talking to just talking to people in the street who are fans makes me nervous sometimes just because I'm that introverted. Yeah. And I'm thinking, what what do I say to this person? Like yeah. they're expecting, you know, Alan Tiller from Haunting Australia, but that's yeah. not who I am.
0: Alan know? Tiller. <laughs>
1: I expect like, you yeah, to be bye. this, you know, big bold person, but you know, I'm kind of like, I just want to go home. Like yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> and,
0: and and pay for my groceries and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and sit on the couch and eat ice cream. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, pretty much.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's um it's just really interesting how people have that idea of how different we must be compared to them yeah. when we're, we're, we're actually the most average people ever it's just yeah. that we we're just really good at what we do and we and we we speak about it for some reason and most of us never really chose to do it like it's no. it's just happened yeah. to us
1: yep yep
0: um so um i have two more questions left for you because this has gone yep. way longer than what I thought, but I don't know about you, but I've loved this. I feel like I've no, met some. Yep. Yeah, it's just like, oh, yep. you're my new best friend. I'm joking. <laughs> you're not really. <laughs> I know when people say that to me, I'm like, oh. Um, two things. One, have you ever been to Mount Gambia jail?
1: I have. I actually, believe it or not, stayed there for my honeymoon. So wow. when was that? Uh, now I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> 2013. <laughs> 2013 or 2012. I always forget. We have an ongoing joke because we always forget our anniversaries, both of us. Um, But we stayed there for two nights. Yep. um, Because it's basically a hotel now. Yes. Um, We investigated while we were there. Mm -hmm. And uh, where we slept, because it's kind of split in half, so one side of it is for your backpackers. Yep. And the other side are like little private suites, and they've kind of opened the rooms up a little bit bigger. But where we stayed... Behind us was like a wall and a little garden bed. And that's actually where people were buried that had been hung. Um, so we didn't have anything major happen to us that I can remember anyway. Um, I would still have my investigation notes on my computer somewhere. Um, Cause I always keep everything, but yeah, it's was a very interesting place. Um, there's only three people hung there, but the condemned man cell, which is over near the gallows um, is super haunted and, When I walked up to it, I was just buzzing with electricity from it, so I knew something was going on in there, but nothing came up on the voice recorders, nothing came up on the cameras, but you could tell definitely something in that Condemned Man cell. Have you been there yourself?
0: Um, So the current owners and uh, people who run it, um, the the woman, Melissa, um, she's a client of mine and... um, Yeah, her story is very interesting, extremely interesting, and I'm going to be interviewing her next week for the podcast to come in a couple of weeks. Um, But her her story and her history behind it I think would intrigue you till the cows came home. It is a very intriguing story and she's had to come to terms because she's got a very colourful human life experience with her family. But the, the jail actually has a huge family link to her, which she didn't know oh, until she started, right. until she yeah. came to work there. And the story is incredible. Like I get blown away by She gets blown away by it. And it just keeps coming and coming and coming. So I would strongly advise you to reconsider going back to there and, and learning the history that this woman, Melissa, could share with you because it's it's next level.
1: Right. Well, so um, one of my team members actually lives in Mount Gambier, Jade, yep. um, and we are planning on going back down there at some point. So we may actually go stay there again. Well, um, as soon as the board is place. open...
0: If, as soon as the borders open I'm there and I want to conduct a spirit I call them a spirit session which is a live mediumship session but where we're bringing in tourists to come to the place as well um yep. and just have a big event as well as an yep. investigation as well but I would not be able to hold the investigation because I don't do investigations yeah um yep. but I would be interested to see um your more so your historical perspective and to understand the history of it would be so cool to understand from someone who is just so into the history regardless yep. of the haunt the history is crazy juicy it's so good yep. oh yeah 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 yep. um yep. so that's I'll one definitely,
1: question. definitely watch the episode when you good put it up
0: good yep. um and then the second question is i want to do uh, i've been wanting to go to tassie i've got another client down there as well i've been wanting to go mm-hmm. to port arthur it's on my bucket list to do when yep. borders open um mm-hmm. I've heard that you're doing a Tassie
1: tour. We are. We are doing a Tassie tour, and I just happen to have the pamphlet right here. Well, tell us all about it. It's a paranormal holiday in Tasmania. Um, So there's a a fitness group here called Athletica here in Adelaide, Mm -hmm. and the gentleman who runs it, Rob Code, he's right into ghost hunting, and he's travelled around America. He went to a lot of the ghost hunting places that Ghost Adventures went to. He met Nick Groff as well. Wow. And last year we were supposed to go over for a paranormal holiday um, with the public to America. And we were actually going to go to Winchester Mystery Museum. And we were going to go. Goddamn COVID. Um, yeah, COVID <laughs> killed it. Um, we had a, a, the USS Hornet, which is a massive aircraft carrier at San Francisco Bay. We had it for the night. We were staying on it overnight, investigating the whole thing. And then we were weaving our way down through Tonopah and all these other places down to Vegas. And we were going to Zach Bagan's museum. Um, and that was where we ended. But obviously, COVID killed that. Um, we still are going to do it. We just don't know when. Yeah. So in the meantime, we were like, where can we go where we can do something on a smaller scale um, in Australia where COVID might not be such a big issue? And obviously, Tasmania is where we've chosen. So in January next year, we are going to go to Tassie and we are doing a whole heap of different places. Uh, We're starting off in, I believe, Hobart, um, but things can change because um, we have book places, but we don't know how COVID is going to affect things. So the dates are going to be the same, but the order of the um, itinerary might change. So the itinerary is online on the Athletica website at the moment. So We are going to spend two nights in Port Arthur. Um, We are doing the ghost tour, the Port Arthur ghost tour. We're going to Richmond, which is actually has the oldest jail in Tasmania. It's older than Port Arthur. Um, And without giving away too much, because some of it's a bit of a surprise when it all happens, um, I've written a couple of tours. So I'll be leading tours through haunted places for the guests who come. So the public can come with us. Um, and your, the money you pay pays for your accommodation. It pays for all the transport. Um, a big chunk of your food is paid for. Um, not everything, though. Um, otherwise, it would have cost an arm and a leg. It would have cost way more than what we've budgeted for. But, yeah, we're going to um, Sorrel. We're going to Oatlands, which is where there's a big, um, uh, big windmill, big stone windmill that's now a gin bar that's haunted. Um, we're going to Cascades Brewery and doing the tour through there and having lunch at Cascades um Port Arthur we're going to the Isle of the Dead there um, which is a little boat cruise and the Isle of the Dead is just this giant cemetery on an island and one of the ghost stories there um because I've spent many many hours in the last month or so researching for this event um one of the really cool ghost stories there is that there used to be a grave digger and he lived on um the Isle of the Dead in a little wooden cabin and we're talking we're talking about the 1880s and the army So it was basically the English military ran Port Arthur. It was a jail, um, but the military were there as well. And this guy was out there 24-7, seven days a week, except Saturday night. Um, The red guards would go over there, the guys with the red suits, red jackets, pick him up, take him back to the jail so that he could go to church the next day. And then after church, they'd put him back on the boat, row him back over to the island, and he'd be there for another week. And that was his only human contact other than digging graves So that's all he did. Yeah, it would be a horrible life. He used to grow his own vegetables. He had chickens, and that was it. That was his whole entire life. So one night he wakes up, middle of the night, the building's shaking. All the interior of his cabin is red. Absolutely freaks out, runs out of the, the, the cabin thinking the building's on fire because it's red. As he runs out the door, Satan is standing there. What? Eyes are burning, smoke, big horns. Absolutely freaks out. He goes, runs to the shore, sets his fire beacon on um, to bring the guard over. The guard come and get him, and by this point he's just insane, um, and he's just babbling about Satan being there. And oh. people have said ever since that Satan haunts that island, and it's the devil himself. So very dark place. You're um, like, I can't we are, wait. <laughs> <laughs> we are going there. So yeah, we're oh. going there, and um, yeah, all these other places: Sorrel, Richmond, um, Ross. How
0: long? How long's the tour?
1: uh five days it's not it's not a long tour um that was to keep the price down and yeah you know just to try and compact it a bit but every <laughs> single day is loaded with activities um it's from ant. the moment you get up is you know we're going to this place and we're doing this tour and then we're going here and we're go investigate this building and then we're going to this and then you know we tried to make it as interesting and with as much in it as we possibly can um within those parameters so yeah it should be very very interesting well um,
0: listeners it sounds like something that it's it's if if you can make it happen make it happen drive there swim there catch a boat there fly there whatever you can do cuz if I can I'd love to be there that would be awesome it was my 40th birthday this year and it was right on the cusp of everything starting to shit itself with the latest COVID situation um and I got to skydive with my boys which was really really cool which I've done before but I got to do it with my boys they're old enough now to do it so it was next level but I've still got this itch that I want to do something big like I want to do something amazing so that that sounds like right up my
1: alley oh it should be good um As I said, if you get on the Athletica website, I think it's just um, www.athleticahq.com.au. Yep. And at the very top, it should say Tasmania Paranormal Adventure. Mm -hmm. You click that, you'll see the itinerary. Um, And yeah, there's, like I said, there is tons of stuff going on every day. Um, And Rob will be the driver. So he'll have the bus and we just all get on the bus. And while we're driving to places, I'll be telling you stories. We get there, we do whatever it is that he's got planned. Um, we might invest, we're investigating Willow Court Asylum. That's another yep. thing we're doing, um, which is the main mental asylum down there. Um, but, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Um, anyone who's a ghost hunter is welcome to bring their own equipment as well um, if they want to use their equipment for EVPs or whatever they like. So, yeah, it should be a lot of fun.
0: Oh, it sounds like the trip <laughs> of a lifetime. Well, the America trip sounded like a trip of a lifetime, but Tasmania yeah, sounds America just one. as good.
1: American one would have been fantastic. I mean, yeah. there is nowhere else in the world you can have an aircraft carrier overnight and sleep on it, um, you know, and the whole thing. Literally, you can go up on the deck, see San Francisco at night from the deck, you know. I don't know where else you could get that experience.
0: Would you do Queen Mary?
1: I would love to do Queen Mary, yeah, yeah but that's not in the area where we're going to do no, So what other side. What our plan is, is if, if that had have happened, if the Ghost Adventures one had have happened and all went well and everyone was happy we would have went to the other side of the coast and done something the next year on the other side of the coast. So if Tassie goes well, we will probably do more Tasmania ones, but we might do a Launceston one. Um, And we're considering possibly doing, you know, Victoria or we might go to Perth and do something in Perth and, you know, go through there. And um, Rob's very knowledgeable. Um, He's got a great team of people and, you know, Karen and I have our side and he has his side and it's kind of come together. And again, Fell into it in my lap, wasn't something I was looking to do. Um, but we get to have a holiday as well and we get to do what we love while we're on a holiday, you know, history and ghost hunting. So how can it go wrong?
0: Did you meet your wife ghost hunting? Was she into
1: ghosts? Yes, <laughs> funny story. <laughs> I was out ghost hunting at St John's Cemetery, the one I was talking about earlier in Kapunda, which is very, very haunted. And she happened to be out there that night. Her mother at the time was a ghost hunter um, and a whole group of ladies had come out there and we ran into each other in the cemetery um,
0: <laughs> it was love at first sight
1: <laughs> yes and we wandered off to what was allegedly the ghost's grave um it's not actually the person that people think it is and I showed her how a millimeter works um and then we got talking and then six months later I proposed to her on the very spot we met in that cemetery <laughs> so, yes. where did you get married uh, in a Catholic church in Kapunda. We didn't get married <laughs> in the cemetery. Everyone always asks us, did you get married in the cemetery? No, but weirdly we became it's the best. caretakers of that cemetery for a little while too.
0: Oh, um, what so a there, great story.
1: Yeah. So yeah, it's a great little cemetery. Um, and yeah, we got married in a Catholic church and still together, still ghost hunting. <laughs> <laughs> um, she, she probably, she probably gets ignored quite a lot in the ghost hunting world actually. And you know, she has her own take on things and she's just as good an investigator as anyone else that's out there um she goes more into crystals Mm -hmm. um hoodoo and voodoo and the the religious side of things so catholicism side of things she's actually at university as well studying religion at the moment um, and all different aspects of it so but because of who i am and what i'm known for she kind of gets pushed to the side by other people when ghost hunting they just go oh that's alan's wife but She's just as legitimate ghost hunter as anyone else is doing it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's many, 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 many out there who just aren't recognised, and Australia yep. doesn't really seem to promote them much, but that no. might change, might change.
1: Oh, never know. Um, we we have the tool poppy syndrome here, though, in a big way. We do. As soon, as soon as someone, you know, ascends to those levels, they just get cut down by everyone else, which is yeah. unfortunate, you know.
0: It is, and that's why I'm raising my three mini versions of me to be ex- people of acceptance and just to be who they are from the get-go so that the people around them know who they are from the get-go and yeah. everyone's just who they are. And and I, I feel the tide changing. I think we're we're probably at the forefront of, of sort of, of recognising that happening and the bit of the shifts that are happening, but you know what, like it's just fun. It's a fun way to live. I love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it's so much fun. Well, Alan, thank you so much. This has definitely gone like a whole hour over. Um, so we might have to break it down into two episodes, which I don't think that I'm going to have a problem with that. I don't think our listeners will okay. too. I have loved this chat. And um, maybe one day you and I can meet at Parramatta Jail.
1: Yeah. If, you ever, if yeah. you're ever
0: up here.
1: I haven't been to that jail. I've been to Parramatta, but I haven't been to the jail. But yeah, I would love to come and have a look. Yeah, definitely. I've read a lot about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then about Parramatta's history too it's very very dark it history, is yeah. yeah
0: I grew up there for a little while and I've done a couple of tours there and it's intense it's intense yep. very but yeah if you're ever up this way please like I I am all there because it's a I want to go, but it's about, it's got to be, it's got to be the right, right people, people around me to do yeah, it. Right and energy, like you yeah. said, it's it's a very, we tend to keep to ourselves about the letting people in because it can really upset the whole show. Yeah. Yeah. So Alan, Tiller, thank you so much. Um, I have just felt like the luckiest girl in the world to be able to sit down and talk to you for two hours all by myself. Sorry, Laura, kind of not sorry. <laughs> we didn't have to share you um we're going to share everything about you in our show notes so if anyone's got any questions they're going to know how to reach out to you and um yeah just anyone that's listening tell alan that we sent you from the podcast so that he kind of has a bit of a frame of reference and yeah, yeah if you're interested in the tassie tour or alan's new book or even the online tour that you mentioned um just check it all out because it's all there and it all sounds freaking awesome.
1: Thanks, thank you Alan. very very much for having me
0: you're welcome all right you. you take care and i'm sure this isn't the end <laughs> if you'd like to send us one of your ghost stories or if you have a question for me or for Laura, send us a gmail at TOSpsychic at gmail.com follow us on instagram at turns out underscore psychic and over on facebook at